Good morning and welcome to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas. Really glad to have everybody tuned in this morning. Here it is May 2nd already and I've got Steve Dempsey with me this morning. Steve, thanks for being here. Hello, Columbus. So Steve is our sales director and you got quite a sales team, Steve. Yes, I do. It's even bigger now. Thanks to Columbus and how busy we are. I know. Yeah. It's been a really quite an incredible year and a half. Oh Uh, boy. You're kidding. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some of that today. I really appreciate everybody tuning in and just want everybody to know that you can reach us by email. You can email info at DaveFox.com. And if you have any questions, thoughts, ideas for future shows, whatever, just shoot us an email. We'd like to hear from all of our listeners. Uh, You can also go to DaveFox.com. That's our main website. And then if you want to listen to any previously broadcast shows, you can go to DaveFoxRadio.com. And there you can find a whole plethora of radio shows, right, Steve? (laughs) All of them. On about any kind of a remodeling type subject (laughs) you can imagine. We talked about it all. Yep. So, Steve, uh, you want to just kind of give our listeners a little background on what you do? Uh, Yeah, so uh, I'm the sales director for Dave Fox. I've been with the company for almost going on 11 years now. Um, And I was a DC and became a sales director a couple years ago. And What's a DC? Oh, yeah, that's (laughs) a good point. Uh, DC is a design consultant. Design Mm -hmm. consultant will be the one that would come out to your house the first time uh, and meet with you and work with you as a... the lead for a project. Um, but I did that for about 10 years and I'm the sales director and I basically, I oversee all the design consultants. Mm-hmm. I also work uh, hand in hand with our uh, drafting department. It takes care of all the designs to the homes uh, from the start to the construction drawings that we submit to the building department. So I manage that too. And it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Last mm-hmm. year has been pretty challenging with all the, all the, COVID issues that we had to deal with, especially with the building department and stuff like that. Yeah. But I basically oversee all that and it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it a lot. Great. So you've got a team of, uh, how many people all together? 15. 15. 15 people. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, you have to have them all over to dinner some night. I would like to. <laughs> really? I like to, but I, this whole mask thing, you know, you yeah. know, who has to wear the mask or can he, can I have a big party like that these days? What do you think, Gary? You think I'm going to have 15 people over to my house? Let's talk about that after we're off the reservation. (laughs) All right. Okay, well, today we're going to talk really just about the current state of the remodeling industry because it has been a wild ride, hasn't it, Steve? Oh, yeah. It has been a super wild ride. And the ride is, I don't know whether it's over or coming to the end, we're over the hill or coming down. I'm not sure, but it's been a wild ride. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah, and if any of our listeners have tried to approach a company, you know, during this whole year and a half or however long it's been, you found that it's, um, number one, hard to find a company that will return your calls because they're all so busy. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a flip flop on what a lot of companies were afraid of when COVID first took hold. It's like everybody was kind of taking a couple steps back and saying, Whoa, what's going on here? Uh, are we going to have anybody coming wanting to do any remodeling? Is it going to crush our business or are we going to be stuck at yeah. home? You know, we didn't know what was going to happen. And that first few weeks was really kind of like that. It's like everybody just stopped. Yeah, right? like went to work and what are we supposed to do this week? Yeah, <laughs> so. I remember there was a number of clients that we had just talked to and they were ready to get started. And then when COVID first started, it's like 
Uh, wait a second. second. Wait, wait, let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> well, they're going to get stuck in their house nonstop every single day. They yep. were a little worried. <laughs> and none of us have been able to get our crystal balls to work, so we weren't able to tell no. what was going to happen in the future. And so caution was the word initially. Caution was the word. You know, everything from like looking at it from a schedule standpoint. I mean, one week it would be everything's fine. And then, of course, the governor would come out and and basically you'd have your schedule and somebody threw a grenade and it went blow it to pieces. So yeah. you, you wouldn't know what to, to do next as far as what was allowed to be done and what wasn't. So, yeah. so in this show, we're not going to really talk that much more about COVID itself because we're all sick and tired of talking about that. But we are going to talk about how our company has been influenced just by all the things going on. And the... I think you could say volatility is the word. Volatility is yeah. definitely the word. Among many different things. Yes. Uh, and we're going to, I'm going to just run through a list of some of the things we're going to touch this morning so our listeners can have an idea of what's coming up. So we're going to talk some about material availability, which has definitely been a challenge. We're going to talk about material pricing, which in terms of volatility, I've never seen some of the pricing change yeah. so dramatically. We're going to talk about our subcontractor pricing uh, because that has changed as well. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> COVID itself is not such a big deal now, right? I mean, we've worked through the issues. We know how to get work done. Our efficiencies are way up there. Yeah, it's basically everyone's got their head around it at this point. So it's mm -hmm. not as big of a deal. Yeah. yeah, and all the Zoom meetings that we were having so regularly are... Definitely fading, but fading. We're, we're still using mm -hmm. some of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still a, a great tool. Yes. So mm -hmm. but we're having a lot that. more face to face meetings. Yeah. I think people just got a little tired of being yes. on a screen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they just, exactly. Human interaction is just who we are as people. Right. So, and one thing that caught us kind of by surprise early on was the huge demand for remodeling. A ridiculous uh, yeah. demand for development. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the best way I could put it. Really kind of off the charts. Yeah, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Most in the 24 years I've been doing this, the most I've ever seen. Even even bigger than, you know, the pre-Great uh, pre Recession days. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's even bigger than that. Yeah, there's the, the years from 2000 to 2005 is when, you know, the the banks would loan anybody money right? and housing values were increasing rapidly and people were refinancing, finding all this cash available and they were remodeling like crazy. Yep. Those, those were very rapid growth years. Um, this, what we're going through now is similar in a lot of ways, but there's different dynamics affecting the growth right now. And we'll talk more about that. Um, the projects have been typically pretty large projects. The last year or so haven't they uh yeah the you know more of a all-inclusive let's get to it uh you know like not just uh there's just a bath just boy i'd give anything for just a bathroom <laughs> mm -hmm. uh but no it's everything from flooring to kitchen and the bath to the basement it's like because it's that goes into like our demand you know once you get somebody there you don't want to let them go yeah so it's like, yep. how much can I get done with this much money? <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, another thing is, yeah, just that clients want us to stay. <laughs> they just want us yeah. to stay right. the whole time. Yeah. 
So those are the topics that we're going to hit in today's discussion, and really glad to have all of our listeners aboard. Um, so Steve, let's we're going to start with the material availability, and uh, we're, we'll just it's get, not available. We'll, we'll just <laughs> get started on this segment and finish it up uh, in a little later. But one of the big ones has been lumber, and I'm sure a lot of people have learned or heard about lumber. Not only kind of a, a low quantities and short supply, but also astronomically high pricing. Yep. Um, lumber today has well, well. Let's just talk about lumber or material availability all around. So lumber is definitely one of them. Uh, we've noticed faucets, you know, like mm-hmm. Moen and some of the other manufacturers. Their supply chain just got disrupted big time. Yep. And uh, so months ago, now we're blessed. We've got a large warehouse. Um, we're a strong company financially. We're able to kind of prepare for these things. So we got very aggressive about buying product and stocking it. And like a plumbing valve, you know, one valve in a shower might handle 15 different, you know, faucet fixtures on that one valve. So the valve is common. We ordered a bunch of those. Um, so we're going to talk a lot more about the material availability because that's been an issue in a number of areas, specific areas. In some areas, not so much, but in others, a lot. So we'll be right back after the break. Okay. Steve, so today we're talking about just really the volatility that we've seen in the remodeling industry and kind yep. of giving our listeners an idea of what we as a remodeling company have been going through. And especially if any of them have been wanting to do remodeling or maybe they've reached out to a remodeler or us. You know, they found that uh, it, that remodeling is in high demand. Oh, yes, it is very mm-hmm. much in high demand. Mm-hmm. If they didn't know that before, then they realized right away. When yeah. they realized how long it would be before, you know, maybe we could come out to their home or something. Yeah, and I've heard of a number of companies that aren't even taking new calls right now. Yeah, they're, they're just, just like, we're, so we're done <laughs> Yeah, for a while. So we're a large company. We're able to handle a lot of work, and we are not turning people down. You know, there's... What are we doing to kind of well, help, the, help buffer the demand? The, re, the reason why we've been so successful through it and not have to turn clients down is the process that we've built over the years to allow that to happen. We haven't created a system in which we start projects immediately and then try and get product along the way. You know, we get projects completely designed and priced out and don't start projects until we have all these specific products in our hands so we can start a project so the project isn't delayed so our the ability to start projects and keep bringing in clients has always been able to continue on even when it gets really busy and we have such a great company that we've been able to retain our staff and get good quality staff to come join our team Mm -hmm. uh, because of that so we've been able to try and keep up with that. At a certain point, we have to, we're slowing down with that, but you know, we've been able to keep up with the quick demand that kind of jumped on yeah. us. So. Yeah, our philosophy as a company has never been to just grow for growth's sake. Instead, we want to do the best we possibly can and feel like growth should be a natural byproduct of that. That's great. So we want to be here to meet the needs of our community, and we add staff as we need it. And as you mentioned, while well, we've been able to have some great hires and you know, in these days, a lot of longtime listeners have heard us talk about in the last year or two, th- three years ago, about <clears throat> the shortage of tradespeople. 
and of craftsmen and young people that are interested in getting into this field and being a carpenter or a master craftsman. But we were very fortunate over this period of time to pick up some great hires and add to our staff. So we have an excellent uh, team of carpenters and project managers. Our production team is very strong. Yep. Uh, we picked up some great design salespeople. So we've been very fortunate that way. I think you know we have a larger name and we probably attract more people, people that are looking for a job in that area. So we do have a great staff. We've enlarged it a lot just right. to meet the demand. Cause again, it's, it's like, we don't want to be turning anybody down. We want to be able to meet the needs of the people in the Columbus area and make it sure it's just having, what they need. just having somebody to talk to, you know, we, you know, made a hire to have somebody here that they could always call. We would answer and have somebody actually call them back specifically, mm -hmm. you know, our client concierge, Melissa, who's yeah. done an excellent job being able to maintain that, that growth and that handle all this food doesn't mean has been busy, but it's been very busy, but she's been able to make people very happy yes. by returning their calls. Exactly. Okay. So on the material availability, we've, uh, you know, lumber faucets, valves, cabinet lead times have gone up a lot. Oh yeah. Like, so it used to be <laughs> five to six weeks from, we have like four different cabinet lines that we get cabinets from. And we do a little bit of custom building, not much. I mean, if we've got a, scenario where maybe we're relaying out a kitchen and using most of the existing cabinets and have to add just a couple to match those. Yep. We'll, we'll build those in our shop or if we have a custom bench or table or something. So we have a great shop and great craftsmen are able to do that. But typically we depend on cabinet manufacturers, semi-custom or custom. And lead times, you know, we're running, you know, four or five, six weeks. Now they're 12 weeks in a lot of cases. And counting if they, yeah. things don't slow yeah. down. But as you mentioned, with our system and process, that really doesn't delay our jobs because we're getting out ahead of that. Our interior designers are working with our clients and they're selecting cabinets early on. And, um, you know, once we actually sell a contract, there's a lot of mobilization, there's permits, there's HOA approvals, all that process that we have to go through. And then... Uh, we mobilize our, our team. So a lot of times we can't even start a job, you know, for a number of weeks after we sign the contract. Yeah. So we get all these materials ordered right away. We've got the warehouse space for them. And so the cabinet lead time hasn't hurt us so much. Yeah. Cabinet lead time hasn't really been, like I was saying, like our, our process really kind of takes care of that. It only becomes unfortunate if, you know, I, you know, particular cabinet or something where it would be damaged in shipping or something like mm -hmm. that. And that makes for a longer lead time on repairs for something. But yeah. outside of that, it's, that's not been too bad because of our system. It's the products that we can't really count on that are really, we don't purchase them until we actually need them. Uh, like for drywall or paint or something like that there, you know, but we are moving towards stocking that in our warehouse as much as we can, mm -hmm. uh, depending on demand for it, you know, yeah. from lumber to trim to drywall, things. Yep. Of that nature. <clears throat> we have a big stack of drywall in our warehouse and <clears throat> it's not that drywall has been hard to get, but there's been rumors that it could be, mm -hmm. but really it's more of a, a matter of if we run out of materials, we're dead in the water, right? That's right. We could sell all the work in the world. And if we don't have the materials to build it, we're dead. So we are uh, being very proactive in ordering 
and stocking stuff that we would have never dreamed of stocking before. Like we talked about the plumbing valves, uh, drywall. We've got some dimensional lumber here, but with the lumber, Steve, um, you know, that's been, I think in terms of typical building products that by far has been in the least, uh, has had the least availability in the highest pricing. Yep. Yeah. So we've been aggressive about if we sell any type of room addition, any project that's going to require lumber, then we order that lumber package right away. We never used to do that. Yep. Uh, so we may not be starting that project for, you know, eight, 10, 12 weeks from mm -hmm. the time we, we sell the contract, but we're ordering that material right away for two reasons. One, just so that we're sure that we have it. And number two, the prices have been moving so much that we have Volatility. to buy it when we sell it. And then next week when the prices go up, we adjust our database. And if we sell a new job, it's at that price. We get the lumber, we order that package, and we store it here in our warehouse. And it's just been kind of a, a frantic, frantic scurry to make sure that we've got the product, that we buy it at the price it was sold for. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Fortunately, we're able to do that. Yeah, and it's it's hard to kind of pin down exactly what's causing everything. But, you know, it takes a little bit of a, a whisper of this or a problem of that sort or a, just a scare of a shortage of something. And then it becomes really hard to get because everyone kind of panic buys it or gets too much of it or, you know. And unfortunately, everyone's got to follow suit or then, you're, you know, like you said, we'll be dead in the water if we don't have it. So. Mm -hmm. So it's it kind of, I'm hoping that, you know, some of this will kind of level out given that, uh, you know, not just, I'm not sure if it's COVID or, or something else, but, you know, getting people back to work and building up our inventories. So that way these prices can come back down. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say what the real reason is driving all this increasing outside of everyone wanting to remodel. <laughs> That's yeah. There are, as I mentioned, you know, several dynamics in, in play that are causing that. And, uh, they have to do with demand, mm -hmm. you know, supply and demand is a big part of it this time around. That's not always the case. Like back in the, uh, mortgage days when the banks would loan anybody, any amount of money, it was more of just, uh, the money was too cheap and too available. That's correct. Uh, that's not so much the case now. It's more, uh, a lot of it's supply and demand. And there's reasons why the demand has gone way up. And there's reasons why the supply has gone way down. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of interesting, the dynamic between the two and the perfect storm that that's created for the, the time that we're in right now. And it's affecting new home building big time as well. So these dynamics are what we're going to talk about right after the break. And we'll be back. Dynamics, Steve. Dynamics. What are the dynamics of this one? Yeah. So if you were with us uh, through the last segment... You know, hopefully you're on the edge of your seat to figure out what's happening what and are why are things happening the way they are. So uh, this is, just in case somebody just tuned in, this is the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show, and I'm Gary Demas. I have Steve Dempsey here. Hi, how are you? Steve's our sales director. And um, we are talking about the current state of the remodeling industry. And that could be kind of coupled with the building industry in general in yep. terms of the dynamics that are affecting both of these industries, right? Yep. Uh, it's, it's all affecting all of us. Uh, or the housing, the housing industry affects the remodeling industry. Mm -hmm. And so is the remodeling affecting, 
it, they affect each other in both different ways. Yeah. So, you know, when we have a shortage of housing and homes and they're not building enough new homes or the right priced homes, the right price point for certain people, remodeling is the answer. Mm -hmm. So it drives out, or if there's just not enough homes and people need to move, they have to buy a house and remodel it. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it be full long-term remodeling to the house or even short-term remodeling, it just increases our industry Mm -hmm. significantly. So that's why I always wonder about if that, you know, housing and remodeling still kind of hold each other hand in hand when it comes to how busy one can be versus the other. So, yeah. So, um, the dynamics that are in play, and we mentioned right before the break that number one, demand Mm -hmm. is a big part of this and the supply material availability is a big part. And those two have been at odds with one another. So, if you think about the demand for building and remodeling, okay, with COVID, everybody's stuck in their homes and they're finding out that, wow, this kitchen really is, needs some work. <laughs> it really does need work. Bathroom needs work. <laughs> or man, with the kids here all day long, this, we need a room at our family room or, yep. you know, just whenever you're smack dab staring at a situation, it affects you. And you're just home more. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, when we, my wife and I, when we were stuck at home for a little bit of time, it was constantly realizing, like, well, we're not going on vacation. Like, we actually were in our house using our house more than we had ever used it before because mm-hmm. we weren't traveling everywhere and at school. Everyone's at home and everything from painting to cabinets to trim to everything, you know, became on the table. What should we do next? And, And the fact of the matter is during COVID people weren't spending money on traveling. They weren't spending money on daycare. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they, they were at home if they were able to still work, still making money and realizing, well, we're not spending all this extra money on the, all these extra things. And I've been able to save it and I can put it into my house Mm -hmm. um, because this stuff needs to get done. It's just a total transfer of, I guess, the entertainment money we all burn through every single day to, well, let's just put it in our house and, you know, hopefully everyone, you know, restaurants still do come back. I like going out to restaurants too, but, mm-hmm. um, we're modeling enough kitchens that we're making some pretty nice ones out there. Maybe those people will stay home a lot more now. Yeah. So, so a lot of times when you get in a scenario where <clears throat> you need to do something, it might be, and you have the time to do it. It might be the time when maybe you're out of work or you're not having any income, but you know, uncle Sam can, you know, the government starts printing all this money and giving it away. And (laughs) so they just, the government kind of flooded many markets flush with cash Yep. to sustain them through this. Mm -hmm. And that I think came into play as well. People were more at ease. You know, they weren't uh, fearful of losing their paycheck long-term. Some people, uh, we're actually staying home and making more on unemployment than they were when they were working. That's true. Yeah. We not want that, you to come back to work because we need I you. <laughs> agree with that at all, but that's <laughs> one of the We dynamics. need you to work. It's busy. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, on the demand, <clears throat> you know, we've got these clients that are living in their homes and they want to change them. Plus, we have housing values that have been increasing like crazy. Oh, yeah. So in that way, 
it's similar to the 2000 to 2005 heyday, you know, when housing values were going up like crazy and the bubble was created. Uh, just in one, in the past year, housing values have gone up 17%. That is like unbelievable. It's great. And it's unsustainable as to, right. you know, you can't just keep going that way. But uh, it's not so much a big bubble like it was before because of all the, the loans, the easy loans. It's really a supply and demand thing now. Yeah. The housing inventory was very, very low. Um, I was reading a study where there was just like a 2.1 month supply of housing inventory, which is really very low. <laughs> so you've got all this housing activity going, housing prices going up, uh, interest rates being low is another big deal because people have been able to refi and get a lot of cash. Right. And that has definitely helped supply cash for remodeling. So we have the high demand, we have the money to do the work, but we have the problems with the supply chain. Yep. And if we talk about lumber in particular, and you know, you can't build a new house without lumber. So that's really affected new home builders. Mm-hmm. But, um, when COVID first started, the lumber, the big mills actually expected that there was going to be a huge slowdown across the board. So they furloughed their people, they closed their equipment, and about maybe six or eight weeks later, they realized, oh my gosh, uh, demand for lumber is going through the roof. <laughs> and, you know, they couldn't, couldn't just start on a dime to bring all that stuff back. Right. And probably, I don't know for sure, but I imagine a lot of their people were now getting unemployment and making more than they were making when they were working. Right. So they probably couldn't get their staff back right away. So it really put them behind the eight ball and created this huge demand for lumber that couldn't, the the supply could not be met. That's right. So, and it's still not caught up. Could take quite a while for it to get caught up because demand continues to grow and... They're already behind. So not only are you trying to get caught back up, you also have to have more staff to handle the increased demand that you were at. That's percentage exactly. 20 or 30% higher than where you were at before. Yeah. So everyone back to work. I get <laughs> this. Work. In March of 2020, when all this COVID stuff started, lumber futures were about $328 mm-hmm. per thousand board feet. Today, they're over 1400 Yeah. So that's over Getting close to gold people. <laughs> that's over a 400% increase Yeah, from March, 2020 to today, Yeah, which is crazy. So, um, again, the, the mills were caught off guard. They stopped production. Now they're working like crazy trying to get the lumber back, you know, production back up there. But the pricing is just day by day. It's just skyrocketing. So I can't tell you how many times I've had to adjust our lumber pricing in our <laughs> estimating no. database. Staff's like, how much is that for a two by four again? $8. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why uh, we, we buy our product just as soon as we sell a project. We figure out the lumber package we need for that. We order it and stock it in our warehouse. That's right. Now, it does create some extra ha- material handling for us, right? Because normally we would just have that delivered right to a job site. I'd rather be handling it than not having it. Yeah. <laughs> At least the way I see it, it as well. <laughs> uh, plywood and OSB, it's interesting how, overall, it's, it's really interesting how different materials have been affected different ways in terms of supply and 
cost. So plywood and OSB oriented strand board, which is used as a sheathing, uh, through a lot of this just maintained its price. But just now in the last few weeks, it has started to skyrocket. Yeah. Well, we're constantly buying into board of buildings, so we should stop doing that too. So yeah. now eventually we'll be getting back to just boarding up building new houses and using it for that stuff instead of protecting buildings. So, yeah. So, uh, I think plywood and OSP prices have at least doubled in the last four or five weeks yep. and they're continuing to go up. So that's another thing that keeps us diligent on our estimating and pricing. Okay. Steve, a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dave Fox home remodeling show. And I'm Gary Demas. Really glad that you're all aboard this morning as we talk about the volatility in the remodeling industry, the home building industry, and how that's affecting you as a homeowner today when you're trying to get some remodeling work done or even if you're looking for a new home. Right, Steve? I mean, new homes, uh, the builders have had a challenge getting the lumber they need, the pricing going up like crazy. I think I read a recent article where the cost of building a new home is 36% higher now than it was yeah, it's started. getting really expensive to build a home. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And of course, when it gets really expensive to build homes, then people tend to be like, well, maybe I won't move. Maybe it's better to just stay where I'm at and remodel. Yeah. So well, there's more to it than that and why we're so busy with remodeling. So so in the last segment, we were talking a lot about lumber and the, the futures and the price increases and how the lumber mills were caught off guard with COVID and weren't producing. And now they're trying really hard to get caught up. Um, so, uh, the NAHB National Association of the Home Building Industry, they have a great, uh, economy forecast and economy information. So on their website, they were saying that overall in the past year, if you look at all the building materials combined, and we realized that some skyrocketed like lumber, others stayed the same. Uh, but if you put it all together in one package <clears throat> in the past year, Across the board, 10% increase in material costs. That's, that's just material. That's just material. And that's significant. Yeah. When you think of all the materials that go into the jobs that we do, I mean, all the different areas, there's lumber, there's plumbing, there's electric, there's drywall, roofing. That's right. Excavation, all this stuff. So it's really not only the materials that have gone up, but as we mentioned earlier, subcontract costs. How about that? Absolutely. Because with material costs going up, subcontractor costs go right with it. You know, they need to make money on whatever they're doing. And uh, it also goes along with their availability and how busy they are. Yeah. So. Which, in terms of availability, we're so fortunate. Now, some people say, well, do you guys ever use subcontractors? And some people think we don't use any. Well, yes, we do. we do. And we've got great subs. I mean, we couldn't get by without these people. Well, yeah, have, they're the most, having good quality subs is the backbone of any good company and sure. doing everything in house is not necessarily always the best thing. Mm-hmm. You know, having a good quality mix of the two is what makes any company successful. Relying completely on yourself can actually be quite dangerous sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we do, I think among typical companies, especially remodeling companies, I think we do more in house than most of them do. For instance, all of our carpentry, uh, project management. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even have some of our own tile setters and painters. Um, but we do sub out a lot of tile work, a lot of painting. 
uh, flooring, of course. We do very little of that in-house. Unless yeah. you or I some night want to go out and <laughs> do it for fun, right? <laughs> yeah. But our our subcontractors are different than, you know, kind of like a you know major company or I don't know how you would put it. But, you know, we work with very specific subcontractors where I don't have 10 framers that I go and get and pick one that I think would be the least priced one to work on a specific project. I have one, maybe two, say, framers that I would actually want in your home around your family to mm-hmm. do my projects exactly. and whatever their costs are, they're going to fluctuate and change. And especially in this environment, you know, then yeah. I have to understand. And those are the people I want to do your job and whatever their prices are, I'm willing to pay it. Yeah. And all of our long-term subs are really part of the Dave Fox family. Right. And it's good that we've had those relationships because in these times, if we didn't have the loyalty from them, They'd be off working for, they could be working for anybody right now. Right. And that goes to show what a good company we really are is the quality of being able to keep our subs happy and, and want them to continue to work with us. Mm -hmm. So in today's climate, there's a huge demand for remodeling. And I mean, we love that. That's, that's what our business is. That's what keeps us going. That's what we love to do. So it's, it's really rewarding, you know, to have a lot of opportunity and a lot of people calling and, uh, you know, we've had a chance to really do some fantastic projects. Yeah. They were always going to get those. Love that. Yeah. <clears throat> so are you able to keep up with the demand with your team? Uh, the, the answer is yes, we are able to keep up with the demand, uh, especially with the good staff that we currently have plus a few a couple other staff members that we hired um you know the one part about it with any increase in volume and increase in how many people that you're trying to take care of you evaluate what's the best way to keep your company doing the exact same thing they always did and not change too much for a huge spike in something because as much as growth as we're having and how you know great things are, it is going to come back down. And you don't want to change your business model too much where when it comes back down, then your company is just completely out of sync and it could be really bad. Mm-hmm. So one thing is, is I, you know, increasing the amount of how we help our DCs and how we help our drafts team by getting them additional help to do the work. Uh, but not changing what we do or the quality of what, and how we're producing it. You know, sticking to very specific patterns and not changing them regardless of how busy it gets. Mm-hmm. So as overall being able to handle it, yeah, it's actually been been quite good. And that doesn't mean it's not stressful. Mm-hmm. So uh, one thing is, is trying to manage in the homeowners because they're under a lot of stress right now, you know, with family at home. Uh, trying to get back out of that, but then trying to get back to their job and working, you know, and then you got people working on their house, going through the exact same thing. And you're trying to give them a product in that kind of environment. Mm -hmm. And it can be stressful for everyone and being able to talk to them and understand. um, And I've had super repeat clients, you know, understanding that product is going to take a while and that these things are going to, um, 
could potentially be an issue and coming in a little bit early to select some things that they wouldn't typically wait, you know, we'd wait Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able, being knowledgeable about what's coming and when they should come and get these things and not waiting on anything has been very helpful. Yeah. And you know, we've been remodeling is more expensive now. I mean, there's no two ways about it. You know, with the material prices having gone up 10%, across the board, mm-hmm. subcontract prices in some cases have almost doubled. I mean, if you think of tile work, oh, yeah. it's like, wow, overnight, just the cost of some of our sub work has really gotten expensive. So unfortunately that makes our price higher and it is expensive to remodel right now, but that doesn't seem to be stopping anyone. It's not. And that's um, what I'm really hoping the outcome of all of COVID and all of what people realize in the construction world demand is more an increase in better quality staff wanting to do the work across the board. You know, people, I know tile guys that are making more than doctors. I know plumbers that are making more than doctors, you know, that they are just making more money because they are in more demand than, you know, other services. Mm-hmm. And those guys, you know, in some cases, you know, they deserve it. They're the ones that are working really hard and, Nobody else wants to do their, their trade. So when you only have five plumbers in Columbus that can do a good job, mm-hmm. well, don't be surprised if it costs good money. To yeah. Pay. If there's any young people out there uh, that have been thinking about, do I would like, would I like to be a tile setter? I would say jump on it. Yes. <laughs> You'll make good money. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a great job, great profession. You make good yeah. money doing it. So. Yeah. It's very rewarding. You're working with your hands at the end of the day. You can look and see what you've done. That's a, there's a great reward to that. And that's the kind of people that we have on our production team. They love what they're doing. Yep. So it's been fun talking today about really the current state of the industry. It's been volatile, but it's been quite a ride. That's what we're here for. I mean, if it was all boring and the same thing over and over again, I'd be bored to death. I haven't (laughs) been bored at all this year. It's a good problem to have, I guess. So I really appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, I know that you can always reach us by email, info at DaveFox.com. And you can also go to... Our website, DaveFox.com or DaveFoxRadio.com. We will be back here next Sunday morning at 8.